Romans chapter 3. We'll begin reading in verse 21. Romans 3, 21. Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate His righteousness because in the forbearance of God He passed over the sins previously committed For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since indeed God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith is one. Do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be. On the contrary, We establish the law. Reading still, verse 1 of chapter 4. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, is found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works... His wage is not credited as a favor, but it is what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from the works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Let's pray. Father, what a passage, what a great truth. Thank you, Lord, for this great and glorious good news. Lord, help us to understand this passage and to apply it to our hearts and to trust you even more. Help us to love you to enjoy you, to depend upon you, to rejoice in what you have done in Christ for us. We thank you for Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our rock, our righteousness. May he be glorified in all that we do now as we look at your word, study it, and apply it to our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
What a passage, right? Thankful for the opportunity to teach through these things, these truths. Thankful that the word is loaded with reminders of this great truth of the justification of sinners through faith in Christ alone. Paul has given us features as we've been making our way through Romans of his righteousness, showing and demonstrating and explaining the righteousness of God revealed through the salvation of sinners. Now, first we saw in Romans 1.18 to 3.20 that God's righteousness was revealed in His just wrath on sinners, that all of humanity is under the wrath of God, and His justice demands that their sin be paid for. And so, therefore, everyone is born dead in sin and in need of a Savior. Then in chapter 3, verse 21, he begins to turn the page and talk about where righteousness is revealed in the justification, big word, justification of sinners through faith in Jesus. We saw in verses 19 to 21 the transition from righteousness revealed apart from works of the law to then in verse 21, righteousness revealed through faith in Jesus without distinction. Then in verse 24, there was kind of a summary, righteousness revealed as a grace gift, that it's an unmerited favor gift from God through the redemption, the freeing that happens in Christ Jesus in verse 24. And then in 25 to 26, we kind of get a summary, a beautiful summary of this righteousness revealed in the work of God in Jesus. How was justification accomplished? What was the payment that was made in order for us to then be declared right with God through faith in Jesus? How was it? It was through the work of Christ. It was through Jesus, what he did. And that's what we saw in verses 3, 25 to 26. We saw that God made a way for the impossible to happen. What was impossible for man was possible for God. A righteous, holy God that was pouring out His wrath on people that were rebellious against Him was appeased by pouring out His wrath on His own Son. And by pouring out his wrath on his son for the sins of those who would believe in him, righteousness is revealed through faith in Christ in us. God credits or imputes righteousness to our account. God's wrath is appeased by God becoming a man, taking the wrath upon himself, so God is both what? Just and the justifier. Anyone and everyone who, who believes in him is credited righteous. Sin is paid for. Now, beloved, this is the way to be right with God. There's no other way. It's the way to be right with God. It's through faith in Jesus alone. Justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone. God did this that he alone 
would receive all the glory and honor for saving a people for himself. God did it this way so none of us can stand up and say, I did it. I did it. It's so that he will get all the glory and credit. He did this to reveal his glory, his righteousness revealed. As I pointed out last time in Romans, one concept keeps coming up throughout the book of Romans. It's this idea of God revealing or displaying or manifesting himself. This is another way of saying God glorifying himself, showing himself off. God's Holy perfections are being revealed in the book of Romans. They're being shown, manifested, demonstrated for all of creation to see. One attribute, though, of God is being revealed in the book of Romans repeatedly, over and over and over. It's one attribute that stands out, and it's the attribute of his righteousness. His righteousness. His moral superiority, his righteous ways, his just decisions and adjudications. Look at Romans 1.17 again. For in it, that is the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. And then he unfolds this and begins in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. God's wrath is revealed against all unrighteousness. Thus showing he's what? A just and righteous judge. It's revealed. We see it revealed all the time, don't we? All over the world we're seeing God's judgment. Death. There's... Everybody in here will eventually die unless the rapture happens. It's coming. Death is because of sin. God's wrath is being revealed as righteous judgment on sin is being revealed. Then in 321, we saw, but now apart from the law, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. Manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. That is Apart from works of the law, is what's implied by context, the righteousness of God has been revealed, manifested. Same thing. It's about God's righteousness being revealed. So what is salvation really all about? What is the gospel all about? It's all about showing off God. Showing off that God is righteous. And then in 325, we see it again. Whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation. The appeasement of God's wrath in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness, God's righteousness. Because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed, Old Testament saints, for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So what is this all about? What is our salvation all about? It's all about glorifying God, showing off his righteousness. It's about him. So now for the next two chapters, plus the five verses of this chapter, Paul sets out to prove this doctrine of justification through faith alone in Christ alone. 
The doctrine being declared right with God by God's unmerited favor through faith in Christ. This is why I titled the message, Really? Justification through faith alone? Question mark? Really? Paul is going to answer the question with an emphatic, yes. Yes. No other way, only by, just, uh, by grace through faith in Christ alone. I hope as we track down the tr- through these next two chapters, this will become one of your favorite doctrines. It should be one of your favorite doctrines. I would argue that it's one of the church's favorite doctrines that we are justified, declared right through faith in Christ. That's good news. It's truly the greatest news the world has ever received. That Jesus died to pay for sin, and if they trust in him, all their sins are paid for. That's good news. We who believe have reason to rejoice, don't we? We have reason to obey and to worship and to rejoice in him no matter what happens. Because of justification through faith in Christ. Ultimately, this is the hope we have to offer the world, too. There's really nothing else to have. There's nothing else that we have other than what they have. And that, we have one thing, and that is in Christ we can be declared right. Our sins can be paid for. That's our hope. We can be adopted, brought into his family because of what Christ has done for us. Turn to... This is why we call the world to do what? Turn to Jesus and trust him. We don't, we, and I know many of us have grown up. I even, I was saved in a church where the altar call was just as I am about 10 times over. And we, I, that's where I became a believer, right? So don't, I understand God works through those things. But we often put credit in the walking the aisle or praying the prayer or the action, or somehow I I prayed some prayer and put it on a little note somewhere. But the reality is this. The only reason why we're going to heaven is not because I walked an aisle or prayed a prayer. It's because of who? Jesus Christ. It's because of what he did. When he died on the cross for my sins, my sins were paid for, and your sins were paid for. If you believe in him, not walk an aisle, but believe in him. Yet yeah, that's it. Believe. Faith in him. I'm not going to add anything. I'm not going to take anything away. It's faith in him alone. That's what Paul says. And he says it for two chapters. And really two and a half chapters. Believe in Jesus. And be declared right with God. Today we will answer... Is the way really justification through faith alone in Christ? Alone. And the answer is? Well, there you go. You got it. Look at it. In verse 27 to 28, we'll see, yes, because justification through faith alone leaves no room for boasting. Then, yes, because justification through faith alone reveals the exclusivity of the one true God. Justification through faith alone reveals the exclusivity of the one true God. Yes, because justification through faith alone doesn't nullify the law. Rather, it establishes it. Yes, 
because justification through faith alone doesn't or was confirmed through the testimony of Abraham. We'll see that in verse 1 to 3. Yes, justification through faith alone, because works receive what is due, not credited favor. Verse 4. Yes, justification alone, through faith alone, because faith in the justifier brings credited righteousness. And finally, justification, yes, because justification through faith alone was confirmed through the testimony of King David. Let's walk down through these clear proofs, clear proofs. And we'll start with the way of salvation is only justification through faith alone in Christ. Look, it leaves no room, leaves no room for boasting. Verse 27, notice. Paul begins to ask these questions again, and the questions are real easy, and he answers them often really quickly, real short. Where then is boasting? It's excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. In light of the fact that God is the only way that a sinner is made right with God, where then is boasting? Can we boast? Is there any room for boasting at all? If it's all about God declaring a person right through faith alone in His Son, and the work was all done by Him too then where is there room for boasting? The answer would be, it's excluded. There's none. There's no room for boasting. There is no room for taking pride in anything with respect to our right standing with God. Nobody in the room can stand up and say, I did it. Because really, there's no room for boasting. The doctrine of justification through faith alone humbles everyone who receives it. Everybody that really gets the gospel is humbled. We don't have any more room to boast. We can't say, I'm something. I did it. I'm special. I accomplished something. Because he did it, and we're believing in him to accomplish it, not ourselves. Boasting is excluded. It makes it impossible. It leaves no room for it. There's no room for pride in the Christian's life. None. An accurate view of the glory of God revealed in the justification of sinners is totally eliminates self-exaltation. We should be the most humble people in all the world. Because God did something that we couldn't do. He made us right with him through what he did on the cross. And we believe in that and that alone. It almost sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Are you not as shocked as me? Even going back through it the hundredth time, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm right with God by believing in him. And that's it. Wow. Can I boast in my works or my working my way to God through the law? No. 
We boast in the cross of Christ alone. There's nothing I have. And for the record, this boasting in our victories is excluded even after we're born again too. Because all you believers out there, like me, probably sinned this week, right? Well, that sin was paid for too. And so that humbles us also. Our sin after salvation was blotted out also. Past, present, and future sins. Because God redeemed us. Worked in our hearts and we believed in his son. That's it. It is grace alone through faith alone always. Yes, we obey, but our obedience is by grace through faith in Jesus alone also. Again, a testimony of genuine salvation is a testimony of Christ's work in us, not in what we've done to save ourselves, correct? What kind of rule or moral code do we live by to receive God's favor? What do we live by? What's this rule or law that we live by in order to receive this righteousness? Paul tells us. First he asks, is it of works? Is it a law of works? And then he answers emphatically, no, it's not works. But in strong contrast, by the law of faith. By the law of faith, dependence, trust, commitment to Christ alone. That's it. Nothing more. Nothing more. We trust not in ourselves, but in Christ alone for righteousness. Why is the law of faith the only way, beloved? Why is it the only way? Well, verse 28 tells us, For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Because man is declared right with God by God. Through faith in God, in Christ, as he worked, not by works of the law. We can try to keep every single law in the Bible, and we will fail apart from God's grace. And the countless times we fail will demand what? God's holy justice. Beloved, listen to me. Everyone. Everyone is canceled under God's righteous requirements. Everybody is canceled. There's nobody excluded. All the world stands condemned under sin. But God, in Christ, everyone who believes in him is declared right, is righteous. So, we need someone to both appease God's wrath for our unrighteousness, and we need God's righteousness credited to our account. That's the only way that we can be righteous, is as if it comes from outside of us to us. And that comes by us trusting in Him alone for it to happen. So, through faith in Jesus Christ alone is a person declared righteous. So, who do we boast in, beloved? There you go. Not ourselves, right? but in Jesus, who paid for our sin. So is it justification through faith alone? Yes. Because justification through faith alone leaves no room for boasting. 
Next, really, justification by faith alone? Are you sure it's that way, Pastor Mike? Only that way? Only through faith? Paul says, yes, because justification reveals the exclusivity of the one true God. Look at it, verse 29. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the God of Gentiles also. Since God, little phrase, who will justify the circumcised by faith and uncircumcised through faith, is one. Since God justifies both Gentile and Jew through faith is the one God. The exclusivity of the one true God demands justification through faith alone. Scripture makes this obvious. In Deuteronomy, I don't have it up there, but you can get it. Deuteronomy 32, 39. What do we know about God? We know throughout the Scriptures it says that there is only how many gods? One God. There's only one God. Deuteronomy 32, 39, it says, See, now I... I am he, and there is no God besides me. It is I who put to death and give life. I have wounded, and it is I who heals, and there is no one who can deliver from my hand. Okay, what's that imply? There's one God, and there's only one that can deliver. And who is the one that can deliver? God. Who can deliver out of his hand? Only God. And there's only how many gods? One God. Isaiah 46, 9 says this, Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Hannah stated it this way in 1 Samuel 2, 2. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Psalm 86.8. These are great passages. There is no one like you among the gods. O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. God, the one true God, is revealed to be that one true God through justification through faith alone. God's word makes clear that he alone is the one true God. He is over all. His works all point to him. And everything is about him being glorified and honored. Justification through faith alone in Christ alone shouts, There is only one true God over all of humanity. Jew and Gentile, all the nations. There's only one God, and there's only one way to be right with Him, and it's through faith alone in Him alone. The one true God made all of humanity. Everybody says? And all humanity, both Jews and Gentiles, fall short of the glory of God and sin, right? And God has revealed Himself to to everyone... Through all the generations, that he's the only way. He's the only way. Everyone has a conscience. Everybody knows that there is a God. Everybody knows they fall short. 
Everybody knows that they suppress the truth. Everybody knows that there's a righteous requirement for their sin. Everybody knows that God will judge them one day. Everybody knows this. We know this from Romans 1 and 2. We know this. So God has set it up so that he is the only judge, isn't he? He's the only one. Because it's his creation. He made us. And we're supposed to obey him. He's God. So God alone justifies the sinners only one way. He doesn't have a way for the Jews and a way for the Gentiles. He doesn't have a way for people in America and people in Africa and people in Asia. He has one way. So that he will get all glory and all honor and all praise. Right? Got some good music. <laughs> God isn't about glorifying himself because he's sinful. God is about glorifying himself because he's worthy of glory. He's worthy of being shown off. He's worthy of being honored and glorified. So he set it up so that faith in him alone is the only way that a person can be declared right with him. He did it so that he gets all glory and honor because he is truly the only one true God. This is why Jesus' words are perfect at this point. I am The way is what Jesus said. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. To deny genuine Christianity is the only way to God is to ultimately do what? Deny God. It's to deny God. Next we learn... Is it really justification through faith alone in Christ alone? Is it really? Yes. Because justification through faith alone doesn't nullify the law. Rather, it establishes it. Look at it, verse 31. Do we then nullify the law through faith? May it, or through, uh, do we nullify the law through faith? May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. So, is God's revelation of himself in the Torah, in the law, in the law of God, nullified in justification through faith alone? And the answer, Paul says it, is what? No way. On the contrary, the law is established by the law of justification, or rather. On the contrary, the law is established by justification through faith alone. So, how is this true? I would suggest that there's a few ways, and we'll see them as we go along in Romans and through the whole book. But first, I believe Paul has one main thing in mind as he begins to unfold this more. How is the law established by the justification through faith alone? Well, I, see, I think you see it in chapter 4. In chapter 4, verse 1, he begins to unfold it. We'll see it. See, God gave the Torah, the law. He never gave that law to show a way to be declared right with God by works. I want you to hear me closely. Listen closely. 
God never gave the law to the people of Israel to say, this is how you're declared right with God. He, showed, he gave it to them to show that God alone must justify. To show them that they needed God. To show them that by faith in Him alone can they be declared right. And this is why the law is established through justification through faith alone. It shows that we can't, but He can. And it's shown all the way through the book. It's shown all the way through the first five books of the Bible and all the way through the Old Testament, isn't it? It's shown that it's not by what somebody does that they're right with God. It shows over and over and over that it's by faith in God alone that gets them declared right with God. So now Paul begins to unfold that. And he begins to lay it out. Again, chapter Mark 4 probably shouldn't be there. goes right into it. And it's proof in the Old Testament, it's over and over and over, it's overwhelming that justification is through faith alone. It's the only way. So let's look. It's confirmed through the testimony of Abraham. Notice verse 1. What then shall we say? That Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, has found. What has Abraham found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So there's a setup question in verse 1, right? What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? What's the setup in the question? Well, it's kind of bait. It's bait for the Jewish person. Because the Jewish person would immediately think, Abraham. Oh, yeah, Father Abraham. I love Father Abraham. He was a saint, quote, a saint in their eyes. Abraham, in fact, was perfect in their eyes. One passage that talks about in, in the time before, Around the time of Christ, it says this from Jews. It says, Abraham was perfect in all of his actions with the Lord and was pleasing through righteousness all the days of his life. What did they forget to do? Read their Bibles. They were reading those other documents. They needed to read their Bibles. Abraham was seen as the one to be like, you know the phrase, what would Jesus do? WWJD? Nope. Around the time of Christ, it was, what would Abraham do? WWAD. He was the mark for them. They took verses like Genesis 26, 4 and 5 out of context. Genesis 4 and 5 says this, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And I will give your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So what are they thinking? They took that passage and they ripped it out of its context, forgot about Genesis 15, and said what? His obedience is what got them, got him 
the blessing from God. It was his works that got him blessed by God. But we know that in context, it's talking about what? Works that are produced or result of, rather, his faith. And that it is faith alone in God is why he was declared right with God. Many Jews thought that because Abraham walked with God and obediently and faithfully, he was then declared righteous by merit or by due. Beloved, before we look at those guys and those people and say, I can't believe they'd think that about Abraham. Just remember that this is the world that we live in. The world does the same exact thing. It makes it all about what we do that gets us right with God. You ask anybody, an unbeliever, where do you think your friend is when they pass away? And they will say, oh, he's in heaven. Why? Well, because he was a pretty good guy. That's what they will say. They all believe it's based on what they do. But the opposite is true. They think Abraham earned his salvation, but in fact, Abraham trusted in God and God declared him right. It's a very important tightrope for us to walk. There are probably people in this room that are depending on their efforts and their deeds or the scale of their good versus their bad to get them to heaven. They're thinking, well, I'm better than I used to be, so therefore I should be okay. Beloved, that is deadly talk, deadly thoughts. There is only one way for us to go to heaven. And it's through faith alone in Christ alone, period. The tightrope is one depends on God alone to save and sanctify and get them to heaven. It's only God. The other says it's self and a lesser God to save and sanctify. Now, they wouldn't say a lesser God, obviously. They'd say what? God. They'd say it's their God. But that equals what? Condemnation. It is not faith plus works equals salvation. Everybody understands that, right? It is faith in Christ alone equals salvation. And beloved, ride is the road that leads to destruction, and many go the way of works. We talked in men's group yesterday about Judas and his horrible choices. What was Judas' biggest problem? His biggest, what was his biggest problem? Ultimately, he never believed in Jesus. That's the fact. He didn't believe in Jesus. You say, well, Mike, he did this and he did that and he did that. He did not have saving faith in Jesus. Because if he had saving faith in Jesus, he would have been declared right with all the other disciples. He would have been right with God. Period. 
But Judas never repented and believed. He never turned from himself and believed in Jesus. Listen, repentance isn't an, a deed that you do. Repentance is a heart change that turns and trust in someone else. Repentance isn't something that you work it. You work and you, you do these deeds of, I'm going to eventually change myself. No, repentance is a heart change that turns and trusts in God. It's the other side of faith. Beloved, when you sin, don't clean yourself up because it's not going to do any good. Faith in Christ alone is all we got. That's all we got. You just have to say, I can't. I need you. That's what the Bible says. If we think for a minute we can justify ourselves before God, we're really running from the revealed way in Scripture. What did Abraham find? He found that it was through faith. Abraham was justified by works. If he was justified by works, what could he do? He could boast. He has something to boast about, but not before God, because what? Abraham does not have room to boast. What's the difference between Abraham and me and you? Nothing. He's a sinner, and he needed a savior. He needed to trust in God. And if he trusted in God, as he had been revealed to him, he was declared right. And how do I know that he did it? Because the Bible tells me to. It tells me in Genesis 15, 6 that that's how he was declared right with God. Abraham did not produce the works before God to boast about. He didn't do it. It wasn't about him saving himself. Paul says this in verse 5 as he begins to explain a little bit more about Abraham's righteousness that it came from God, not himself. Notice Abraham would, would be still in view as you get to verse 5 where it says what? The ungodly justifies the ungodly. Who's the ungodly? I'll give you a hint. It starts with A. Abraham. I'll give you another hint. It starts with you. All of us. Don't we know this if, I read, if we read our Bibles? How many of you have done those Bible reading plans and you start reading and you say, man, these are a bunch of sinners. <laughs> every, every page I turn to, there's another sinner. I mean, there, it's a consistent thing, isn't it? Man is sinful. God is good. God is gracious. Over and 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 over again. Sinner? God. Interesting, before Genesis 15, when it says that it was credited to him for righteousness, his faith was credited to him for righteousness in Genesis 15. Right before that, and right after Genesis 15, there's two examples of Abraham's sinfulness. In Genesis 12, Abraham lies about Sarah's relationship to him and lets, it, lets her go into Pharaoh's house out of fear of man. What's that? All men in the room, that's called sin. Don't 
don't, don't, don't do that to your wife. That would be horrible. Wouldn't you call, be called a horrible husband? A sinful husband. But then, after he believed that God was going to do this promise, in Genesis 16, what do you think is the first thing he does? He listens to his wife and takes Hagar in to get a child instead of waiting on the Lord. Hmm. Genesis 20, Abraham does it again, saying Sarah is his sister, keeping back the knowledge of her being his wife. Lying. He's a liar. He's an adulterer. That's Abraham. Sorry. Blowing that hero out of the water, aren't I? He was ungodly. Why was he righteous? Why did God declare him right? His faith in God. Mike, it's just too easy. Come on, that's too much. Take it up with the Bible. Isn't this glorious news? You're here today and you say, so how am I saved? You ready? Believe in Jesus. Trust him. Don't trust in yourself. Trust him. And you're declared right. Abraham's not going to be up in heaven going, I did it! Look at me, I did it! He's not boasting before God. Notice the authoritative word on the subject in Romans 4, 3. I love this little phrase. For what the scriptures say. Oh, that is the, that's like the biggest setup in the whole world. For what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's sweet words right there. For what does scripture say? What do I do? Where do I go? How do I get the answer? For what does scripture say? He's going to tell us. Don't tell us where the answer is. This is a rhetorical question meant to drive home the point for what does Scripture say is saying, here's the authoritative Word of God telling you how you are going to be right with God. There's only, it's what God says. How many of you want to know what God says about how to be right with God? I do. Here he goes. You ready? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. If you're not encouraged today, you're just not alive. This is great truth. If God's word says something, we embrace it, don't we? There's nothing that's greater in authority than God and his word. If God says we're all going to hell, guess what? We're all going to hell. Thankfully, it doesn't say that. It says what? If we believe in God, as revealed in the scriptures, we're declared right with him. And we're going to be with him. There's only one way of salvation, and it's through faith alone and Christ alone. Period. Abraham believed, and it was credited to him as righteousness. A quote from Genesis 15, 6. Faith in God was the instrument that acquired Abraham the credit of God's righteousness. Now... 
there's all kinds of questions that some of you might have. Well, how much did he know about who God was? Well, I would say that he knew what the progressive revelation at that time had given him. I don't know all the details. It doesn't say that Abraham believed that Jesus was going to die on a cross and rise from the dead. It doesn't say that. Could God have told them that separately? Maybe. But it doesn't say any of that. It just says that he believed in God. He believed in God, that God would keep the promise that he made to him. So I'm not going to go and make up all this extra stuff. I'm going to say this is what it says. So he believed in God as he had been revealed to him at that time. He believed that God had to do it, I would assume, because there was no other way. He knew that he was a sinner. He understood that he needed God to do it. So, really? Justification through faith alone? Everybody says? Yes. Yes. Justification through faith alone because, look at verse 4. We're getting there, guys. We're almost done. Hang in there. Isn't this good? Verse 4. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as favor, but as what is due. Here in the text, there is a contrast between the one who works and the one who what? Believes. The one who works and the one who believes. Verse 5 is the one who believes. In verse 4, the one who works and what he receives. When somebody works for his status with God, then he what? Gets credit to his account what is due. It's not a grace gift. He doesn't give a gift if you work. Can you imagine? You work really hard all week long, 40 hours, and your boss comes to you with a, a check, and he says, this is my grace gift to you. And everybody in the room would say, hey, dude, I don't know about you, but I, I worked hard this week for that check. I deserved it. I earned it if you worked hard. But that's the work system. But we're not saved through the work system. We're not justified, declared right through the work system. If you go to work and you work for four hours, then you expect four hours worth of pay. As long as you have a just boss. Right? It's not a gift. However, again, it is important to keep in mind, if we got what we really deserved in our efforts to work our way to heaven, what would we get? We'd all get hell. Because we all fall way short of the standard that is required for righteousness. And all of us are way short of that, right? But because God is a gracious and kind God... He came up with a way to justify the ungodly. To make sinners right with him. And it's through faith in him alone. No other way. So that he gets all the glory. And we boast in him, not ourselves. So yes, justification through faith alone. Because faith in the justifier brings credited righteousness. In verse 5 it states... I skipped ahead, sorry. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. 
In contrast to works justification in verse 5, the one who believes in God and what he receives, look at it. The one who does not work now. At this point, some of us are saying, man, this is great. This is fantastic news. I ain't going to work Monday. I don't need to do any deeds, nothing. Yay! Yay! This is wonderful. We need to be careful. Because what is he saying? This points to the avoidance of trying to be, to justify oneself by your deeds. That's what he's talking about. That's the context. If you're trying to get right with God through what you do, that's wrong. But we aren't doing that, believers, are we? We're not trying to work our way to God. Because if we're trying to work our way to God, what are we going to do? We're going to fail miserably and we're going to see that we are dead. We're going to get judged. The one who does not work is the one that what? Gets it. It's not how good I am, it's how good you have been. A right standing with God is found only in one, in placing our faith in the one who does it for us. The one who justifies the ungodly, believes in him. Now notice the him, the object of our faith must be who? God. Boy, do we not hear all this time, all the time about people's faith, faith. They have faith, but there's no object to that faith. It's this faith, it's this ethereal, mystical faith that they have, and it's their faith. What is the faith? It's a faith in an object, and the object is who? It's God, and it's the God who is what? It says it here. It's the one who what? It's faith in God. It believes in God. You trust in God. You don't trust in your faith. You don't trust in yourself. You trust in God, the one who, look how he defines him, the one who justifies the ungodly. If you are believing in anybody other than the God who justifies the ungodly, then you're believing in the wrong God. This is the one true God that we talked about in the previous section. Every other God the world offers relies on human achievement. A God who doesn't require perfect righteousness is what the world's God is. I've talked to numerous Muslims, and the Muslims will say, well, how am I getting to heaven? If I, you ask them, how am I getting to heaven? How am I going to be with God? And they're going to say this. They're going to say this. Well, it's kind of all up to the mercy of God. If you've been okay, you've done, you've been good, then he'll accept you. You do these things, he'll accept you. His mercy will be there. But really, what does that do to God? If that was the God of the Bible, it would make God what, less than God. Beloved, the Muslim God is not... The God who justifies the ungodly. Faith in a Muslim God is not faith in him who justifies the ungodly. It's the same way for the Roman Catholic God. Uh-oh. Don't talk about the Roman Catholic God. Again, 
If we go with the definition of what the Roman Catholics say in the documents that they've sent out, the Roman Catholic God is defined by the Roman Catholics as one who justifies the ungodly with the help of the ungodly's work. That's what it says. I'm not trying to pick on Roman Catholics. I'm just telling you, you're not believing in the one who justifies the ungodly. You're believing in a God that's less than perfect and allows you to burn it off in purgatory in order to get into heaven. Isn't it amazing that something so, it seems so simple to just say, I'm trusting in God alone to save me. But yet that is the most impossible thing to do. Why is it impossible? Why is it impossible to believe? It's because the heart of man is born wanting to justify itself. No one, no one wants to say, I can't. I need God. And I trust God to do it. We're not born with those kind of hearts. By the way, this is one of the deadly lies of the social justice movement. Yeah, I brought it up. Being virtuous or posting your virtues online. Beloved, that ain't getting you right with God either. If you aren't affirming some social cause, then you're not really good. I'm convinced we're all what? We're all headed towards cancel. Which I guess is a good place to be. Because then we'll say what? Yeah, I don't live up to man's standard. But more importantly, I don't live up to God's standard. And so I need Jesus. So my righteousness comes from him, no one else. Who are you believing in? Who are you trusting in? Go with David. We'll develop this next week, but let's read it to close. Just as David also speaks of the blessing, the favor of God on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. We are favored by God, aren't we? For all those who believe in God, we're favored by God. But it's not because we deserve it. It's because he blessed us. His unmerited grace, his unmerited favor, a gift to us. Sinners, we have reason to worship, don't we? 
we'll dig in starting here next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, that you made it about your glory, not ours. And we bask in that. We bask in your glory, knowing that you, God, you, God, provided your son to pay for our sins so that we can be right with you. And we worship you, God. You alone are worthy of all of our worship. There's nothing that we have. There's nothing that we can hold on to. We trust you. We trust you alone. God, I pray that if there's someone here that's not trusting in you, I pray today will be the day that they trust in you. That they will trust in you who justifies the ungodly. From the smallest child in the room to the oldest adult in the room, may we all trust in you and you alone. For you are the one that justifies the ungodly. Pray this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our sacrifice. We pray this in his name.